Episode 11, boys. We're back. We made it. God, 11. 11. This, this is the top 504 where we rank the top five things in New Orleans. This week, Alex, I am getting married to... Uh, God willing. <laughs> yeah, if, if we make it. To a few days. Maggie, my beautiful soulmate. My parents are going to see each other for the first time in 17 years. Oh, and all I could think about this week was doing episode 11 with you guys. Does yeah. not bode well for your marriage. No, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a great episode. I think it's going to be a great wedding. I am I'm not sure that the reunion of your parents is going to be great. <laughs> I'm, <pretty sure. laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it's hard to imagine how that's going to go. Well, I'm going to be too drunk to notice what's happening, but I feel like Kohler, we should keep an eye on it. I don't know if I'm the one to do that either. <laughs> This was an ugly, ugly divorce, uh, and uh, so I really, lo- I love this to hover around the wedding. It's gonna be really beautiful. <laughs> I would be awkward. Dark cloud. It's really stressing me out. No, I think it's gonna be. I mean, do you think they're are they gonna talk to each other at all? Or are they gonna? I don't. I don't think so. Like we we just did the rehearsal yesterday, and so everybody we had to decide who would be coming down the aisle, and the wedding coordinator, God bless her, her soul, uh, she was like, "Oh, of course, we'll just have." Your dad come and then your mom come. And I was like, there's no way they can even be in consecutive on the aisle. Like, that cannot happen. There's got to be four minutes between them. (laughs) All right, I guess we could do, like, your dad and then, like, the wedding party and then, like, Maggie and then your mom. (laughs) And she was so sweet. She just didn't understand. She's like, okay, yeah, four minutes in between? No, no, no. no. (laughs) That's not going to work. We do two different venues and by satellite video or something. No. Okay, now um, I'm even more excited. I'm no longer nervous. That's going to be great. And I think next week, so next week, then you'll be gone on a honeymoon, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah. you don't leave till Tuesday. I guess we could sneak you, sneak you in for another episode. We could. Oh, yeah, we're going to Panama on Tuesday, but Monday would be a great episode. It's great. And when do you get back? The Sunday. So it's like a oh. five-day. We don't even have to miss you a single... Why are we talking about this? We should have been talking about this before we started recording, I feel like. Anyway, this is... Uh, it's good to have you guys all here at this meeting. Yeah, it's, it's good that we're all back here together. We are going to do the top five, and there was some back and forth on what the topic would be today. Yeah, but yeah. we're going to do top five things to do in New Orleans if you're a tourist. Like, you're here for 36 hours. Right. What are you going to do? And it's helpful because a lot of people who are coming down for the wedding were asking me, like, man, I only have 36 hours here. I'm here for the weekend. What right. What are the, the key spots to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like this is, like, simultaneously helpful for, like, you know, a lot of our listeners are from New Orleans, obviously, and we all have guests coming into town, so it's helpful for them, but also helpful for all of our Swedish viewers, because we've got now 15 of them in the last week, and so it could Hello, just be... Sweden. A lot of pressure. Hello. Uh, I, I want to get this right. <laughs> you know, yeah. coming down from Sweden, like, we want to really give you the, the right spots. Yeah, where are you guys going to go? And so I feel like, and you know, the way... When you consume this podcast, you can either do it by, at the end, we'll have like an aggregate top five list, or you could do it by, you know, picking your favorite, like, so, I don't know, most of you, you could listen to the aggregate list, or you can just listen to Matt Haynes's top five list, um, which I feel like, I've heard it, I don't recommend it. I think it's superior today. We'll let people decide. Yeah, I don't know. What do we, what what should we do? Should we just get right into this? Let's jump right in. History, everyone's favorite part. History. Uh, The history of tourism uh, in New Orleans is... uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. I think you guys are going to like it. Um, and it, it, start, it starts way back. It doesn't start with, like, Bourbon Street. It starts well before. And I'm going to go, as you know, all the way back. Will you join me? Can't wait. Well, the story of tourism in New Orleans starts with the busiest waterway in the world, the Mississippi River. At points in the 19th century, the port of New Orleans was the second largest port in the United States. Early in the century, it was larger than New York. Take that, New York fucking city. Now, in 1840, 
we're the third largest city, not just port, but actually the third largest city in America. Behind only, can you guys guess the uh, the two cities that are larger than us? In the United York, States? In the United States in, in 1840, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be New York, and then I would say either Philadelphia or Boston. I was going to say Boston. Boston, not even close. Really? Um, Baltimore? Baltimore was number, uh-huh. been here for 100 years at that point. Um, and uh, you know, uh, so there those two plus merchants from Europe uh, looking to trade and bring goods back across the Atlantic. So all these people are here doing business. Um, um, and so, so New Orleans is a pretty vibrant cosmopolitan city uh, going, you know, on, it's got a pretty, pretty vibrant place before the Civil War. Um, now, after the Civil War, New Orleans emerged as a premier tourist destination. Uh, the arrival of transcontinental railroads, first-class hotels, and guides aimed specifically at tourists helped popularize um, uh, us as a winter vacation spot. But during this time, to attract northern visitors, the city blurred the lines between fiction and nonfiction. So they crafted like a romantic image of the Old South that essentially uh, made African Americans invisible in marketing materials and glorified the heroic nature of the white Southern gentleman. That's um, how we ended up with all these Civil War statues, um, how we ended up with all, all white Mardi Gras crews, and an increasingly uh, geographically segregated society. So then, like the 1870s and 80s, uh, magazines like Harper's and Scribner's and Century all made it sound like visiting New Orleans was like taking a walk through the Mediterranean or the Caribbean, um, an identity that we still kind of cling to to this day. What do we say? We say that uh, New Orleans is like the most uh, northern Caribbean city um, in the world or something like that. Um, and so I don't know whether it's true or not. It's something that we've been saying for, for 150 years now. Um, so in 1884-85, the World's Industrial and Cotton Centennial Exposition, um, which influenced the World Fair, brought in more than one million attendees uh, to Marvel at the world's very first electrically illuminated fair. Um, and Expo promoters issued a series of tourist guides extolling the city's unique architecture, cuisine, and local lore. Again, all stuff that we still talk about to this day. Um, and guidebooks actually prescribe like, um, very specific paths that tourists might take around the city. And those are still routes that you know, tourists are using you know, still today. Maybe walking up and down, for example, Bourbon Street or Magazine Street. Um, all right, then, of course, there was Storyville, which we talked about on the Bourbon Street episode, I believe, um, which was an officially sanctioned red light district in 1897, but existed before that. And so sex was for sale around the clock and at all price points. So available in beautiful Victorian mansions as well as in shotgun homes. Um, and that had a lot to do with our reputation as a tourist destination like that, because now... Again, like people are coming here on, a lot of times it's not families coming here on vacation, it's sailors coming here, docking into port, um, and they have this money and free time, and they're very far away from their families, so they're, um, they're using that money on some unsavory things. And then um, the Navy, Alex's favorite, uh, shut down Storyville during World War I, um, presumably because too much, uh, too much semen was being oh, lost. Get that joke. Um, and so when that was shut down in the Risky Center um, and also the tourist center of our city started to head toward Bourbon Street. Uh, but in the early 1900s, tourism wasn't centered around the French Quarter like it is today. Um, an ideal winter trip might mean checking out Mardi Gras, um, might mean catching a show at the French Opera House. Um, there were only three opera houses in uh, the Western Hemisphere um, when ours was created. Uh, might mean going to bet on horses at the fairgrounds or catching a streetcar ride to Spanish Fort um, for a dinner along the shores of Lake Pontchartrain, but it wasn't always around the French Quarter like it is oftentimes now. 
Um, and it wasn't until the quarter started, uh, you know, filling up with artists and writers like William Faulkner and gays and lesbians seeking refuge from around the rural South that the preservation of the French Quarter became important. And this new class of residents um, really took up that fight for preservation. And they put a moratorium, for example, on the building of hotels in the French Quarter, uh, which is why we see so many of those hotels in the Central Business District today. Now, as the years rolled on, New Orleans added to its image. Uh, in the 1940s, the city's jazz tradition was revived, because I, I didn't know this, but I guess before that, a lot of jazz musicians headed out to cities like New York and Chicago. And so in the 1940s, um, they started to come back. Um, and open clubs here and recording studios here, and that enhanced our reputation as the birthplace of jazz. Um, these decades are also when Mardi Gras began to really take off, and it's super crews like Bacchus um, parading um, with Hollywood celebrities like uh, Charlton Heston and uh, Bob Hope. Um, you know, these are all like people that, that kind of, when they came down and were the captains of those crews, it really popularized Mardi Gras and made it a place that tourists wanted to come and check out. Let's see, in the 1960s through 80s, tourism moved to the center of our economy. Um, so maybe before that it was, I don't know, like shipping was probably like really big before that. But now, in these decades, now tourism is number one. And Mayor Moonlandrew spearheaded a number of projects that furthered the French Quarter as a tourist district, um, which resulted in the pushing out of all those artists and writers uh, who saved it a few decades later, um, as well as pretty much every black person who lived in the quarter. Um, so tourism's growing, but at, at what expense? Early 1980s, New Orleans tourism is at the top of its game. The city had a booming oil and gas economy still, um, and the World's Fair was back in 1984, 100 years after the first one. Our new convention center um, was built. We had 18,000 hotel rooms and the largest sports dome in the world. We're awesome. Uh, but then in 1985, the real market collapses, and it became apparent we had more hotels than we could support in a non-World's Fair year. And that's really when, with a very small budget, uh, 48 New Orleans business people gathered together to launch a marketing program uh, to try to save um, leisure tourism. And it worked. You know, if we're, we're in the nation's eye. I don't know if you guys knew, we hosted the 1988 Republican Convention. Um, yep. Reagan. Yeah, Reagan. Uh, no, that was uh, Bush. Bush. Yeah, Bush has won. Um, like, I think Bush came in on like a uh, on a boat like down the Mississippi River or something like that. Um, and then we hosted the Super Bowl a bunch of times, and, and folks loved coming here, and they came here a lot. And then in, in 2004, the year before Katrina, um, the city hosted 10.1 million visitors and brought in $1 million. And that wouldn't be matched again for a really long time. Of course, the storm happens in 2005. Um, and uh, it, even though it feels like it now, it was not inevitable that New Orleans would even rebuild in a meaningful way. Um, but then, um, and I think like when we all moved here, which I guess I was here in 2009, Alex, you were in 2008 and 10. Right? 2009 as well. 2009, okay. 2004. Um, it didn't, I think, like, we just kept hearing, like, oh, New Orleans may never get back to those pre-Katrina tourist numbers. Uh, but then in 2016-17 uh, were finally years that New Orleans exceeded those numbers. So in 2017, we hosted 11 million tourists. So that's more, that's a million more than we're here um, pre-Katrina and generated $7.5 billion, which is a lot more um, than what was happening pre-Katrina. And I think our former mayor has had a goal of 13 million visitors for our tricentennial this year. World War II Museum, uh, one of the highest ranked museums in the world to talk about, is undergoing this massive expansion. Um, Four Seasons is taking over the former World Trade Center at the bottom of Canal Street. Our airport's got a new, our new terminal is due to open, um, I think, next year. Uh, we've got the direct flights to London, um, rapidly growing cruise ships, like we're attracting tons of people now. 
Um, I learned that the average length of stay is 4.3 days. Uh, 63% of visitors are repeat visitors. 40% of business visitors decide to extend their trips for leisure, um, which I think harkens back to those uh, longboat captain days. And uh, yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, we have like 1,400 restaurants. Many of them are James Beard Award winners. Um, some of the best restaurants in the city, architecture, music, go cups, we've got everything. And uh, yeah, so now I think the only challenge we have is where, where do we tell them to go? You know, we live in a more global world, and there's now more of a middle class, particularly in Asia, and they have more disposable income. There's more tourists than ever before. It's easier to travel than ever before. And so you really do see a ton of cities popping up around this around the world that are their economies hinge on tourism. And New Orleans is no doubt one of those cities where this city would not exist as we know it uh, in terms of infrastructure quality of life if it wasn't for tourists and, and their money coming in to, to rev up the economy. I think also like there's a lot of debate of whether or not that's a good or bad thing. That's I remember going back to when Governor Blanco was running against uh, Bobby Jindal, one of the big criticisms. She was lieutenant governor before, so in charge of the tourism industry. And she was saying, oh man, I've revived the New Orleans tourism industry. And a lot of critics were saying that's actually not a good thing. Wages aren't good. You're keeping a lower class instead of building that middle class that you're seeing evolve uh, in other big cities in Atlanta, in Houston, and Dallas. Uh, so did it actually hinder the New Orleans? I think mean, that's a great point. But like, this is, and maybe I'm just thinking about it wrong, but like, I, I understand that um, if it was a, we choose this or we choose that, if we choose um, tourism or we choose uh, finance, um, that choosing tourism uh, like would be, We'd be uh, we'd be choosing that in favor of these like better paying jobs, but I don't think it's like choose this or choose that. I think it's like this happens to be the hand that we've been dealt, and so now we have to play it. Like it's tourism is is when oil and gas started to collapse, um, like that. Like we only have we can't just at this point just it takes a while to invent a new industry, yeah. and so I think that like it would be I think we'd be silly to just um, to not invest in tourism because it's something that. Like we do really well right now. We've got elements that other cities don't have. Right. And I think, um, so like, but also at the same time, we're starting to attract like this tech, there's like thousands of tech, tech jobs coming to the city um, every year now. And so that's a really exciting thing we should be taking advantage of. But I don't think that those are going to be better paying jobs. Um, and I think the question is, how do we, um, how do we train those uh, like lower skilled, lower paid workers to then take up some of those jobs. I think that's a really good like question, but I don't think it's a matter of um, like stopping tourism or stop invest stopping investing in tourism in some way. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with you, man. It, it, look, everybody would love a huge tech center here in New Orleans. Everybody would love a financial industry that down here. At a certain point, you have to play the cards you're dealt. New Orleans has, the French Quarter has unique culture, and that's what they're going to try to export, and it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and that's a result. I mean, that, that, when I was doing the research for the history section, I think it was, like, that is a result of hundreds of years of decisions, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, again, I'm not saying that it's, uh, that we can never get, that we can't change our cards eventually. It just takes a long time to change your hand. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to add these other, other industries until a large degree we are, but it's going to take a while. Right. Shall we dive in? Yeah. So what are we, we're now we're, uh, got, what is it, uh, 
seven billion people coming, or eleven billion people. Or, no, sorry, it's not even seven billion people in the world. Uh, eleven million. People, <laughs> All of them are coming. Everyone's coming to New Orleans. Eleven million people coming to New Orleans. Where where do they go? Yeah, and so I'm going to jump in with the first top five list, uh, Alex here, and you guys can tune out afterwards or maybe see the aggregate list at the end, but each one of us in each episode comes up with our own individual list. Mm -hmm. And so for the top five things for you guys to do when you come to New Orleans, number five is we talked about music in Matt's history section, and it's a huge part of New Orleans. And so please come to the Maple Leaf Bar at 8316 Oak Street. It's in like the uptown uh, Carrollton area and they have fantastic brass music. If you want to come and see the New Orleans scene, come to the Maple Leaf Bar. Alexstrel, you Just, snake. You're such a snake right now. We, we, okay, so. First of all, that is on Adam's top five yeah. list. All right, so this is what we do not. Um, Wait, so we all agree that it's a great spot? So you let's, gave let's us your issue. top five that you said did not change. We don't do a lot of rehearsal before these things, um, but we do, like, we, one, we try to do it the night before we send each other each other's list so that we can, like, come up with fun ways to poke holes in each other's lists. Conveniently, Alex Gerald did not send a list. And then we asked him, like, all, like, today when we met up, we're like, um, we, we would occasionally, he didn't have anything written down, um, but we asked him, he's like, oh, yeah, here's my top five, and he'd say five things, and then we'd ask him again, like, 15 minutes later, and, like, he looked like he didn't know what his list was, but he's like, no, no, I know it, it's the same every time, but this is definitely not We've us. said he's a snake before, but as I'm meeting more of his friends from throughout his life, I'm also hearing that he has <laughs> not changed or evolved, because they use the exact same terminology to describe Alex Rump. And it's stuff like Alex this, Rump. it's stuff like this, you're taking, that's okay, I mean, so... Did you just not remember what your top five was? Did you he just literally see? just Googled it one minute ago. So, <laughs> I watched it. Listeners, I, I guess there's like some back and forth. Or unfortunately, what happens when you guys become big and we become celebrities and we have listeners from Sweden, there becomes infighting. Who's going to get the credit? Who's going to get the publicity? <laughs> I don't care about that. It started originally. Who's in, number, do, do you have number three on there? I just don't know. I wonder, it's because of like the leaves or something. Uh, well, it was the number two museum in the United States and number two in the world. So uh, I'm assuming it's something in. DC or New York. Okay. Uh, it was started originally as the National D-Day Museum uh, under Stephen E. Ambrose. Uh, Alex mentioned the Higgins boat. Uh, it is affiliated with the Smithsonian Institute, and they recommend 2.5 to 3 hours. I would actually say that it, you could spend a lot more time there. All right, so here's my... I have, I have no doubt, guys, that it is a... Um, I respect you guys. It's on both of your lists. And, I, and of course, like a lot of people go... I would never... Somebody who is really interested in history, I would never tell them not to... Um, but you have, we're telling them five things to do in New Orleans. Yes, five, that is the premise things. of the show, Matt. Good five job that you're, you're, you're finally getting on to that. Five things. And I would, the, like, each of the five, I think, should give them something uniquely new. Like, when they leave here, if they do these five things, they have a better understanding of New Orleans. And, again, it is a great museum. Uh, I think, no, like, Andrew Higgins, his role, I think Eisenhower called him the man who won the war. Yep. Like he's super important guy, informative museum, but I just don't know that you're getting more than like just a little, there's places that you can go, like Commander's Palace, where when you leave there, you have a better understanding of like New Orleans and its uniqueness and its place in the world. I'm not sure you really get that at the World War II Museum. Who are you <laughs> to say, like, what's authentic New Orleans and what's not? 
there is a man who actually was born and raised in New Orleans, unlike you. I'm not saying I didn't who say anything came about up with one of the most important inventions that turned the most important war in the 20th century. And there is a museum that showcases this with tons of resources, yes. and that's not good enough for you. And they've got the entire Louisiana War, uh, war Memorial Pavilion uh, that talks about the additions that New Orleans specifically in Louisiana gave to the war. So I think I, that tells our story. Yeah, I see. We're, we'll wait for Matt Haynes's list, which only speaks to like the 20, 30 year old uh, hipster. Uh, and that's the only the authentic New Orleans experience that he really wants you to understand about <laughs> the city. Can't wait for that. Number one <laughs> for my list is the French Quarter. You're going to walk down Royal Street. So the French Quarter is a, it's a, it's a decent sized area. And I think sometimes people get overwhelmed or don't exactly know where to go. What I'm suggesting is walk down Royal Street. You can go either from one end at Esplanade or the other end at Canal. It doesn't matter where you start. And just walk. You're going to find tons of galleries. You'll start seeing Jackson Square. You'll see the old roads and architecture. And I suggest you stop by at the Carousel Bar in the Hotel Monteleon. It is a hotel that was built in the 19th Why century. Why did you just do that flip with your with your face and your hand when you said Hotel Monteleone? One of these Monteleone. days we're going to have a video. We should be like, Hotel Monteleone. I, I had the right accent, guys. Okay. Uh, and so this is a really cool bar that actually goes and rotates in a circle. So you're not stationary. Uh, so at any different point, you are ordering your drink or enjoying your drink at a different point along in the hotel or in the bar. It's just a really romantic beautiful sexy place uh and i really think that you guys will enjoy it i um i went on a date there one time and, and the spinning it goes very slow but it's also warm in there and i got uh, so it I takes got like nauseous. 45 minutes to make a complete Something like that yeah. but yeah but the whole like this like seeing it spin a little bit and the heat and maybe not the date ended at that point but i was seasick well Maybe thank you time. alex for your hack of the list yeah. um so I really proud of that list. I really think that you guys will have a great time to go to any of those five things. I mean, it makes sense for a wedding because you have like the a couple, you know, something new, something borrowed, a couple of borrowed things in there, something old. Something, yeah, something a couple of old fonts here. If you if you do these five things, you'll definitely leave New Orleans feeling blue. Hmm. Um, so sad. Not good. All right. All right. Yeah, Next, we have list. we have the po' boy list, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Where we oh uh, we're doing yesterday. Yeah, right, po' boy. One thing that we do here on the podcast is we try to give you guys good value. And so we call this segment the pull boy segment mm -hmm. where, man, you don't have that much money. You're on a budget. What could you do in New Orleans as a tourist? All right. So mine, this is Matt, mine is um, for uh, $1 and 25 cents. You can jump on our streetcar line, um, which Adam, what is it like? I think the first streetcar line was it eighteen. It is arguably the longest continuously operated streetcar line in the world. Also one of the, I think the very first like streetcar lines in the world, I think uh, 1870 or something like that. And it started off mule drawn or something, I think, yeah. and switched to electricity. And there used to, they used to be, I think there were like 25 lines all across the city, like at its heyday, which was before buses in like the 1940s. Um, and so we still have now three lines that are in, um, uh, or four lines in use. One of them, the oldest one is up the length of St. Charles Avenue. And it makes a right to, to Carroll. And then I, I um, for a buck twenty-five, you can get on there down to the CBD, um, probably very close to where your hotel is. Um, and you can ride it, um, you know, through the central business district. Um, you can ride it uh, through the, um, I guess, like the side of the, I guess you're not really in the lower garden district at that point, but there's a lot of like, uh, you know, cool uh, uh, Avenue Pub, um, which is uh, 
just when you start to get into the uptown area is one of the most popular beer bars in the in the world now. I think it was like a top twenty beer bar in the United States of America. Um, so that's right on the streetcar line. Uh, there's some you'll pass by some boutique hotels, and then you'll start to get to like the really nice uh, old mansions um, in New Orleans that haven't uh, that haven't been split up yet um, for rent. And so that's a really beautiful like just seeing the I think I like that idea. Yeah, architecture it's a great trip. is such a really good uh, part of the city. It's a good way to see a lot of it. I think my pool boy and people might scoff at this, uh, and it's not necessarily cheap, but for like 20 bucks, you can do a New Orleans ghost tour. And New Orleans is one of the most spooky, or some say the most haunted city in America. And for 20 bucks, you go to a bar down in the quarter, they will give you a drink, and you will hear stories as you walk through the quarter. And they'll point out some places, like we talked about before, uh, Madame Lalaurie's house, and tell you some stories that are true, some stories that are way fictionalized but it is a fun night uh to have with friends uh so free drink basically and a tour usually takes about two hours um and you hear some of the legend and lore of new orleans so new orleans ghost tours i also great choice i, I guess adam you haven't been on the podcast for a week so i think you've forgotten the the segment the po boy award dollars for a drink and a two-hour tour is pretty good no it's not though. i mean it's not a buck 25 bring your own beer on the streetcar but it's not bad um also i do like I'm just going to use this as a, I'm not saying that going on a ghost tour is better than going to the World War II Museum. I'm definitely not going to say that. I, I, no, that's that, why it's a pool boy. No, but I am going to say that I think that you, like, going on a ghost, a ghost tour, at least I understand that when you're done with that, you have, like, a better, you have a better understanding of, like, the French Quarter, at least, or, like, uh, the way that people in the French Quarter then thought. And I'm not sure, again, that with the World War II Museum, again, great museum, that it is uh, going to deliver that unique New Orleans experience. Now, maybe if it was, if this museum was on the battlefields of, uh, I don't know, where was DJ Brittany? Uh, France? France. Yeah. Well, Brittany, France, right? Isn't that the place where they landed? Near there? I don't know. Um, so if, you, if the museum's there, then I totally, you've got to go to it there. I just don't know. But anyway, continue, please. My poor boy is going to be uh, going to Zeitgeist on Aretha Castle Haley. They've got really cheap, artsy movies. And I think one thing that I love about New Orleans is you can start seeing movies and see different arts that aren't available in a lot of cities across the country, maybe San Francisco or New York. They also, right next door to Zeitgeist, they have uh, Tube South, and you can get Cracklin' for 4 or $5. This is like the skin that's fried from uh, a pig. Delicious southern food and so you could do a whole during like happy hour time maybe like 10 bucks go see a movie at zeitgeist and get some crackling so i mean you just pull the color move and just did two spots but uh, uh, cool. i, I loved it cola, yeah cola, cola i think you I, I appreciate I like that and i like zeitgeist cola now. yeah okay all right. all right so now we've got we got my list i've got a couple of thoughts on that last one but i am going to on, on, on alex's po boy but i'm going to save it for when you guys start to make fun of my list. Matt Haynes's top five list, number five. King James and the Special Men, the band, they play at uh, the Saturn Bar on St. Claude Avenue. Okay, so Saturn Bar is this, like, the diviest of the dives. This is... Oh, yeah. Was this that? is for tourists? Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Really? Go on. Come, okay, so when I... Let me frame. When you come to New Orleans, I think you want to get... You got to get music. You got to get your music in. You gotta get your food in. You gotta get your cocktails in. You gotta get your architecture in. 
If you're gonna come, if you come, hey, we've got a, uh, we've actually got a, a guest who's just walked into the room here. We will. Uh, yeah, uh, get ready for this segment, but go, go yeah, on, Matt. Right, so we'll do mine, and then we'll choose a guest in a second. Okay. Um, it's it's wedding time right now, so we have all these lots of people walking around. Um, okay, so those are the four things that I think you have to do when you come to New Orleans. So yeah, you could go up to, um, what did you guys, uh, Maple Maple Bar, uh, way Maple Leaf. Uh, yeah, Maple Leaf. You can go. I don't up even there. know the name of the bar, and not, you're giving me a hard time. You did either until yeah. I said my list. <laughs> you can go up there, and you could pay twenty dollars to get in, and it's going to be super packed. Now, Drell doesn't know it's super packed because he hasn't been there, and he probably thinks he's going on a Monday. Ten years. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Where is everybody? <laughs> you could do that, um, and you you'll probably have a pretty good time. There's a lot of effort to get up there. It's very expensive to get in. Or you can go to King James and the Special Men. This guy is, uh, I think this would be, the drinks are cheap. You're going to buy, you're going to buy a, a beer for like three bucks, okay? And then you're going to, um, it's going to be, there are locals who are there. Um, and I don't think, I don't think many tourists are making it over there yet until, until after this podcast. Now it's going to blow it up. Um, and the, the music, it's like a jazz funk combo. Um, the guy, King James, he wears like, uh, he's kind of like a, a, a human embodiment of, of Homer Simpson. Um, and he wears like a, um, uh, what do you call him, a jumper. He has a different jumper for every uh, for every show. Like, I've never seen him in the same jumper. Uh, he played at French Quarter Fest. And uh, he had like one that had donuts and hot dogs all over it. Um, and so, yeah, he's got a different one for every, he's a, he's a hilarious guy. The what day is hilarious. this again? Uh, Monday night. So Monday night, got nights, it. He starts at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. on a Monday night. Um, that, that's probably Alex why you don't know about him because you go to bed at like 9.30. Way faster than bedtime. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's a great show and it's a $5 cover. So you can stuff that, that $20 ghost tour that $5 uh, or that $20 uh, maple leaf bar. Thing. Nothing says New Orleans like six white guys in jumpers. They're not all in jumpers. And there are, there are white people in New Orleans too and some of them play music. I think that, I think you come out of that thing and you're like, that was a really fun Monday night. I'm, I understand more about New Orleans now, and I like I it disagree. better than I If you're going to shit on the, New or-, or the World War II Museum, you can't say King James and the Special Men. Well, this goes back to his, like, yeah, his version of authentic New Orleans only fits his demographic and experience. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are people of all different ages that go to this thing. You can't bring kids in there, but there are plenty of old people in there. Lock your kids in a hotel room. Continue. What's number four, Matt? Number four. All right, number four, I say this uh, understanding I'm going to get lambasted. Um... I think that if you've got, if you're, you're here, so again, I, I'm approaching each of these as like, here are five different ways that you can spend one small amount of time in New Orleans. Yep. I'd say number four, I've got to take a walk down Bourbon Street. You've got to. I think you got to. I think it's like, it's, it's, uh, that you're going to get, are you going to get the highest quality music? I think there probably is some sneaky good music there. Um, check out our Bourbon Street episode uh, for some examples. Uh, are you going to get the very best food? Not everywhere, but there are a couple examples of, of some of some good food in there. Um, you're gonna see a lot of excited tourists there. You're probably you might you're gonna see some locals, um, but not a ton of locals. Um, you're you will see, not see Alex Jarrell. You will never see Alex Jarrell um, unless you caught us on that one Saturday. Um, and then actually, Mark. So so Mark is the uh, is the brother of the bride uh, who's here joining us in the studio right now. Um, you hear is that Mark, what we're calling the studio. Yeah, yeah coming closer. It's very high tech here. We've got great equipment. Yeah. And uh, I believe one of your favorite spots is on Bourbon Street, right? Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, Mark, what? Mark, Mark, Mark Wahlberg uh, is here? I'm a, I say yo, yo. What's yo. up, what's up? Uh, I mean, my personal favorite, and it's touristy as shit, but, you know, 
Tropical Isle. I need to get a divorce. You have to. <laughs> this is Maggie's brother. This <laughs> is out of control. You got two more days. I mean, oh my goodness! <laughs> you're gonna you're coming to New Orleans, and as a tourist, you're saying Tropical Isle. No, my I mean just if if it's the one thing you're gonna do on Bourbon Street, you have to get one of the hand grenades and walk down Bourbon Street and do some and get you know, diabetes. People watching, yep. uh, depending on how many you drink, you know. They're not, they're not nutritious. But so I did used they're to, very good. when I used to have friends come visit, I would, um, we would try to do like all the crazy drinks. So we would do like, you know, the, 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 what's it called? The jester. The, the, the jester, the hand grenade, the, yeah, the hand green grenades. one, the purple one Routine. from the dungeon. There'd be all sorts of ones that you could do. And there's no way you can finish them all without dying. Um, but the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Alex. Yeah. So, all right, Mark, as somebody who doesn't live in New Orleans, you come down maybe, and you're obviously a seasoned tourist. You come down maybe twice a year. Yeah, Why does I don't consider myself a tourist anymore. Uh, but when you came down, like, why is Tropical Isle like the spot? You know, we've got listeners from Sweden. I don't know if you know this. Uh, why should they come to Tropical Isle? Uh, well, for me, it was it was probably the first bar I ever went to on Bourbon Street, just because. As soon as I got to the street, it's like, what's those tall green things? Like, I want to get see everybody with them. Uh, when I went there, they were delicious. Uh, I always thought the cover bands were pretty solid. I mean, they play kind of some classic rock, some, totally. some beach-esque music. Um, there's not going to be a ton of, like, the bro crowd, which not really my thing. It's usually an older crowd, and every once in a while you get young people just walking in. So I would have considered it a bro crowd. Yeah, I think it's... Well, I think I, you're a bro, man. Okay. I think okay. that's why you're like, oh, it's not that bro <laughs> These are my people. Well, like me. I mean, there's there's three or four locations. I'm talking about the one that's like two-thirds of the way down, all green. Uh, yep. I feel like that's got a little bit of an older crowd. Where it's like everyone... I don't want to put you, and this is not to put you on the spot, and I don't even know that I have a good answer for this, but what do you think, like when you go, like what kind of, how does it, what does that make you think about New Orleans that you like so much? Like, what about it? Is it like, it's, uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. The bros. <laughs> there are no bros yeah. there. I mean, the, the live music is always great. Okay. So that's, that's, that's definitely a plus. Okay. Um, just for me personally, when I think of New Orleans, I have to do the hand grenades. I just have to do that. You know, okay. Is it necessarily. It's the drink itself. To it's not. Bur- a- uh, New Orleans, not, not really. But yeah, just that drink itself. Gives me okay. just New Orleans nostalgia. Tourist tip, most people don't know. You buy the hand grenade in the hand grenade bottle, and it's like 9 or 10 bucks. You can you get, get the it small in one. the smaller cup, same it's amount, same, yep. and it's like $4 cheaper. Yep. We I've gotta seen, get the cup. I've, seen, yeah, them, I've seen them pour the same amount of ice and liquid out of the yep. tall one into the small one. And it doesn't really make sense when you look at it, but it fits the exact same amount. Nice. So save yourself 5 bucks or whatever. I appreciate this guest appearance. Yeah, this is our first like just rando appearance. Do you want? Do you mind joining us for the rest of the podcast and chiming in when you I want? I would love that. Yeah, I feel you just it. got a haircut, right? I did. I wish yeah. you didn't understand. I wish you understood the podcast format. No one's actually going to see this haircut. You didn't have to get all sharp for us. Yeah, the suit, the suit I was under the, the impression hazard. there was going to be. Yeah, a why are you in a bow tie? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you told me this was going to be uh, a vlog. Yeah. We'll, we'll sit in our comfortable studio yeah, yeah, right, right now. Matt's going to continue with his top five list. Yeah, and, the acoustics yeah. in this place are. Uh, yeah, uh, we know. We, we spent a lot of time on it. That's how we chose it. Um, yeah, okay, so so to wrap, like Bourbon Street, I think a lot of people, when they go to Bourbon Street, they, like, the, the bit that it gives to New Orleans is it as, like, a, um, you know, it's, like, a lively 
Um, you know there are going to be a lot of tourists there. And, and to me, like, I don't know, going to a place with a lot of tourists, it's fun. So a lot of people are going to go and out, like, they're looking to go out and have a great time. So I don't think being around tourists is necessarily a bad thing. I won't repeat my thoughts on this. What's the next one? All right, number three. Um, so I'd say, so New Orleans has a ton of, um, you know, New Orleans has more, it's going to blow your mind, has more, um, how is it called? Uh, oh yeah, this is like really. <laughs> canal, I'm blown. Canal like like small waterways, and so not including the Mississippi River, have, has more like um, usable waterways than Venice. Than Venice, the city of Venice, which had, like they're known for the gondola rides and all that's, that. That's actually a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Yes, 100 percent guaranteed. We don't really uh, fact check on this yeah. podcast, so sometimes you'll say things, and we're like, wait a second. Yep, 100. I promise. Yeah, I guess and, uh, Venice and New Orleans are both built on. Yeah, I think that, like, I'm not sure actually how the the canals of Venice were created or, I don't know. But anyway, like, there, there so you can, um, I don't know, where you can go on. So I think getting access to those smaller waterways is a really important part of being in New Orleans and understanding the geography of it. And so number three is? Going to uh, City Park and Bayou St. John and renting a, like, a kayak and kayaking around Bayou St. John. And, like, there, the Bayou St. John connects to... Um, Bayou Metairie, I think, over on the left hand, on the western side of City Park. Um, there's another couple of tributaries that that one connects to. So you can have a full day of like uh, kayaking under um, oak trees with Spanish moss overhanging it. It's, it's, it's really beautiful and picturesque. And I, yeah, think it's I think, like, in theory, it's a great choice. Like, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, God, that sounds wonderful. In theory, and it's one you. of those things where, <laughs> Mark, I've never taken you there because in practice, you'd hate it. City it's Park? hot. It's still like going on one of the canoes or like I took Maggie there for like a first date to try to be romantic. It's sticky. It's hot. The prices to get one of the boats is actually pretty fairly expensive. Uh, It's just it's not very fun. And if you're only going to be here for 36 hours, don't follow Matt's list um, unless you want like to have some points with people. But if you actually want to enjoy your time in the city, this isn't the place to go to. It depends on what you see as enjoyable. I think that... um I don't know. When I when I go to a new city, I rent a bicycle and I bicycle around. I think this is another way to do that here in New Orleans. Um, the 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 Bayou Saint John goes right next to um, a Parkway uh, Bakery, Po Boys, right there. Like best Po Boys in the city. Parkway right Tavern. There. Parkway Tavern and Bakery. If you knew the name of the places, that would be helpful for Parkway our people. Parkway Tavern and Bakery. Gosh, right they there. come down from Sweden and they're they're in the wrong place. Wait, wait, We're wait. in this parking lot. I'm trying to find this thing. Park parking way. You can get the best. Po' boys in the city, you can kayak basically right up to it. Grab your po' boy, get back on the water. Um, I think City Park is one of, is is bigger than Central Park, and you can access a lot of that by yeah. water. I think it's really cool. You can go fishing. Okay. Right. Number two. Right, number two is uh, brunch at Commander's Palace, just like you said. Yeah. And I feel like food. I think there's no brunch or lunch or just Commanders in general. For me, I'd say go brunch, but I'm willing to concede just Commander's Palace in in general. Yeah. I think we're actually going tomorrow uh, to Commanders with, and a lot of people are coming into New Orleans for the first time, and it's that iconic. Yeah, I think it's great. I think just uh, as far as like, I think New Orleans has a different uh, eating culture than a lot of other places, and so like New York, we don't have anything like that. Yep. Is, there, is there anywhere else in the city that you can get twenty five cent martinis? That's a good deal. Um, I mean, it's like, like Mr. B's. Place like that. Yeah, there's a couple places. Really, like Mr. B's you for twenty five cent martini. Might be 50 cents. Well, that's not 25 cent martini. So (laughs) don't, again, I try to give accurate information to the people. I don't try to squabble. Please enjoy Maple Leaf on Monday Monday nights once again. See how much you like it on Monday night. They have a great scene there. They might not even be open on Monday night. They They are. Seven days a week. Okay, good. 
Um, all right, and my number one is Bacchanal, down in the Bywater. I'm at the very edge, so it's where the Industrial Canal meets the Mississippi River. Wait, time out. Yes. You said the World War II Museum is not a good snapshot of New Orleans, that it's not fully integrated into the city, and that you need, you shouldn't go there because that's not going to give you a glimpse of what this city is about. Yes, and then you pick some generic restaurant with wines as your number one place. Generic restaurant. That, that restaurant could be in Austin, Texas. It could be in Sacramento, California. Absolutely not. Um, again, you've got... Uh, Do they have New Orleans-specific food? No, they have wine and cheese. They have New Orleans-specific music. Every single, both afternoons and nights. I wouldn't say it's New Orleans-specific music. I, I've seen bluegrass there. I've seen swing music there. I've seen... Yeah, they're, some they're pretty agnostic music. when it comes to genre music. It's music. It's all jazz. It's all in the realm of jazz. I don't think... Go I've on. Been, I've been there once. I don't remember any music or really <laughs> anything. I remember like, bugs. That's because you, yeah, like little... you had 10 hand grenades right before you went. <laughs> <laughs> and there were no bros, so I had to get out of here. It is the least bro place. Yeah. The, I remember the wine and cheese, and there's like a little courtyard. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful courtyard. There's no better way to spend an evening, I think, than... than Mark, you thought it was cute? Courtyard. You wouldn't say it's the number... You have one place to go in this city. You're going to that place? Just to drink. If I would say uh, my like all-time favorite place to go is Parkway Tavern, for sure. I come yeah, here every that's time. an iconic New Orleans spot. Yeah. Bacchanal. President Obama didn't go to Bacchanal <laughs> for his visit here. He went to Parkway. Yeah, that guy has no taste. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get me some wine and cheese. <laughs> All right, any other last points about why this is... I'm shocked, Matt. (laughs) No, I think that that's a great... I think the the, uh, great jazz music um, every single night of the week. I think they have uh, wine there, um, a humongous selection of wine that that is all over the price range, so you can get a... Are we going there tonight? Are we going there... Oh, no. Oh, so pub crawl? Uh, no, don't give him any clues. We may or we may not be going Ooh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you can't have any clues. All right. Um, Wait, so, so I'm an avid listener. Sorry to interrupt. Is this oh, where yeah, you guys are doing your each individual Correct. Response? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and, and arguing about it. That's okay. where they make fun of me. My list. Bacchanal's a great spot. I think I met somebody when I was hiking on the AT, um, and somebody... And That's the like, Appalachian Trail, if yes, you don't know. the Appalachian Trail. Everybody in Haynes hike it. One person was like, that I saw was like, I'm going to New Orleans this fall. Where's the one place I should go? And I told them. Because uh, this is the list I told them Bacchanal. Bacchanal showed up on a lot of your guys' lists in first eight spots, yeah. Different uh, episodes. Yep. Um, I think it's a top place in the city. I think it gives. Um, it's like a great laid back New Orleans vibe there. Um, you don't. You're not being rushed out. Get there early to get a table because um, it's gonna. There's gonna be a ton of people and it's gonna be a lot of a lot of them already locals. But it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be mostly locals. There'll be some uh, tourists as well. And I'd recommend walking. You can walk from the CBD. Along the Mississippi River, all the way to Bacchanal. It'd be a long walk, uh, but there's it's it's a beautiful. You can you you have access to the river. It's one of the few spots that you have access to the river. And I would suggest doing it that way. I thought pretty good list, Matt. Number one, completely disagree, uh, but I appreciate it. Tell us what you think on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash top five oh four. Let us know what you think about that. Well, before we get into Adam's last top five list, we are going to do an overrated, and I think just for this. There actually really is consensus among the three of us about what is overrated. We'll be interested to get your perspective on this, Mark. Yeah. For us, is is it fair to say Cafe de Mon is, is overrated? Don't waste your time. I agree, I agree 100%. Like, why? But but so many of my friends and, and people that I know that listen to this podcast are going to be like, what? I love that place so much. And you're wrong. Like, no, I think it's fine. Like, But like, why are you going to wait in that long line for donuts? The best thing there is the coffee. You can get there or coffee shops all over the place. Yeah, you can get a beignet or a donut almost in every random city anywhere. Just because it's called a beignet doesn't 
just sounds famous. It's it's over. Yeah, there's cheaper coffee and beignet places in the city, and you don't have to wait an hour in line. And so you might say, well, I have to go to Cafe Del Monde because this is like the first weather. There's no ambiance there. There's no there's nothing there. Like it's not like Commanders where you walk in and you have beautiful service or beautiful, uh, you know, the actual You're landscape of the restaurant. Your life at Commanders Palace. Cafe Del Monde is terrible. Awful. I don't Stay think away. I wouldn't say terrible or awful. I just don't understand why you're going to spend your time trying to... My, my dad used to be the publisher of Fodor's travel books. <coughs> and my uncle came you in. You should be better at this then. I know. <laughs> and in Fodor's travel books, they would have Fodor's choices. Like, there would be a star. And yeah. it's like, this is the place you need to go to. And so they starred Café de Mon. Yeah. My uncle came down and went to Café de Mon, based on this, yeah. and was so devastated and just like how could you like, how dare you and like he's yelling at my father yeah, he's yeah. the one who wrote the book like and telling you like will he be at the wedding uh no he passed away oh yeah well, well. awkward um, <laughs> next up <huh? laughs> all right adam this is a beautiful segue like we all can go to bed now as yeah, you're, i'm you're really top five. sorry that it took 45 minutes uh to get to <laughs> a list that's worth a damn Ooh. uh and Things that are lacking on these two hack of lists uh, are history, which New Orleans is one of the more historical cities in the country. Uh, so number five must go to is Audubon Park in uptown New Orleans. One thing that tourists get wrong is they always come down to the quarter and think that is what it is. Similar when they come down from Mardi Gras, they go to Bourbon Street. Audubon Park in uptown New Orleans, 350 acres in the heart of uptown, named after John James Audubon. Oh, uh, pulling out facts in this list. In New Orleans, Adam. Starting in 1821. Uh, it has everything from walking, jogging, biking, rollerblading paths to uh, a famous fly, which is a one of the few parks in the city where you can actually sit on the river. World uh, famous fly. World famous fly. Audubon Zoo, which apparently is a top five zoo in the country. I wouldn't rate it as that, but... It does have a rare white alligator with blue eyes. Uh, something to see. It also has Monkey Hill. Is it real? Yes. Real? Yeah, in the Louisiana swamp area. Monkey Hill also built in the zoo, and it was built to show New Orleans children what hills looked like. Uh, <laughs> not even kidding. And local legend says it is the highest elevation point in New Orleans. Actually, um, fact says it's now the second highest. So there's one in City Park that disputes it. It uh, is no the one in City Park is one hundred percent taller, but now we're talking like by a foot. So Terrence, if you want to see the highest <laughs> ten foot hill in New Orleans, go listen to Adam's list and have Matt squabble about it, whether it's the tallest. If not, listen to my list. Yeah. Well, and building off of Matt, uh, New Orleans is one of the few cities that has had two World's Fairs, mm-hmm. uh, and Audubon Park was built for the eighteen eighty four World's Fairs, the foundation of one of America's iconic parks. Um, and to also to Matt's point, I can't believe I'm giving him more Thanks. praise. It's like you can go and you see the streetcars roll by <laughs> on St. Charles Avenue. Uh, so number five, Audubon Park. James Carville runs around there. Uh, James yeah. Carville's there all the time. There's <laughs> also a beautiful golf course in yes. Audubon Park as well. Not a full par 72, but I believe I think it's par 66 maybe. But yeah, I, when we when I played with you, I was like I almost hit par. Did you really? Uh, no, way. what's almost? I don't believe that. I was like a, like a one or two strokes over. Total? Yeah. No. Like, whole, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I think all right, all right. <laughs> Number four. Uh, for someone that actually did their research and has been here many times, Maple Leaf Bar on a Tuesday, not on a Monday. Great choice. Uh, Great choice. Built in thank, 1974. Thank you for, for listening. Better one to of the, Tuesday or Monday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> one of the longest continuously operating music clubs in New Orleans. Uh, once again, it's Uptown Incubator and supporter of many up-and-coming local bands. 
Uh, and it's really not pretentious at all. No, not pretentious. And it's the kind of place when you think of iconic New Orleans places, you're going to get sweaty. You're going to have air conditioning dripping on you. You're going to have brass band. It's, uh, it's that hot place that you think of when you see, oh, man, I just watched Treme. Treme filmed there many times because it is such an iconic place. Uh, Rebirth, Brass Band, and Maple Leaf in two seasons. And so maybe that's like, because it, it's jam-packed. So maybe it's just a matter of, like, do you want that? That's something that well, you just described it very honestly. Yeah. Um, and I think that I described King James um, very honestly. And they're just two different experiences. Yeah. Uh, both great music. So maybe it's just what you're in the mood for. Yeah, I went all the time in college. And actually, one of our avid listeners, Bob Payne, uh, wow. used to go all the time as well. So. You guys went together there? Yeah. That's cool. Bob. Number three, St. Louis Cathedral, which I'm shocked that this didn't make anyone else's list. Mm-hmm. It's free. You can see it from my walk on Royal Street. No, but then the history behind it. Formerly, uh, it is known as the Cathedral Basilica St. Louis, King of France. In 1718, one of the three churches uh, originally was built there. Uh, and in 1793, it rose to the rank of Cathedral, the oldest cathedral in North America. Um... And He's in 19- dropping knowledge. He's yeah, really yeah, getting yeah. better at this. Yeah, I mean, I did. Some of us were prepared when we showed up at 9 o'clock today. Uh, two popes. History section. Two popes have actually oh, we know. visited it. Uh, pope Paul VI in 1964 and Pope John Paul II in 1987. In uh, 1909, I didn't even know this, uh, there was a bomb that went off uh, in the basilica uh, and destroyed a Where? lot of... 1909. Wow. Yeah. And then a little bit more of the ghost. There are two rumored hauntings. Father Antonio de Sedea. Uh, he was a priest who's actually buried in the church. Uh, and he appears on Christmas Day masses to the left of the altar with a candle. And then Pere Dagobert is rumored to be heard singing the Kyrie on rainy days. Uh, he also Can you lived. sing the Kyrie for us? I have no idea what that Will is. you sing Danny Boy for us then? <laughs> I do love Danny Boy. <laughs> Um, okay, so number three, St. Louis Cathedral. It's free, so much history, on an integral part of a very Catholic and religious city. I love watching movie trailers, previews, and what I love about them is even if it's a bad movie, I'm like, oh man, I'm into this, I'm only hearing the best parts. The few times when a preview goes on that I'm bored, I'm like, oh my god, this movie must be terrible. Mark is on his phone as you're talking about the cathedral. I fell asleep. I'm Mark hearing about... said go to Tropical Isle. He has no... <laughs> oh, now suddenly, Mr. Bourbon Street, now you're yeah. showing the hypocrisy. I knew this would always come out and that you were just trying to contradict I me. I supported Bourbon Street. I'm not going to send everyone, if they can go to one place, to get diabetes and drunk in the same trip. I sounds like me. polite until, you just sit until he's on his phone and now he's... Well, I'm, I'm on my I've phone, but I'm trying to come up with a little makeshift list off the top of my head. Oh, nice. Um, thanks, Mark. So, number three, St. Louis Cathedral. Real, real quick on St. Louis. Okay, so I, the history of it is great, but why not, like, and it is beautiful in there. You can go to free concerts there in December, mm-hmm. which are great, and there's no better acoustic place. There's also, like, maybe a three-year waiting list for weddings. Oh, wow. So, so it is an insanely popular place. I know that Alex and Maggie were going to do it there, but they just couldn't yeah, bear that... to go another day unmarried, and they had to... Why aren't y'all getting married in a church house? Ooh, oh. it's a touchy subject with me and Mrs. Matt Light. <laughs> yeah, All right. So. Um, but why not, like, why not just read, like, the history, you can just read about that on Wikipedia um, or listen to this podcast, and then you kind of just, like, run by. Like, Some of us like to live top, through the history. Is that going to be a top? You only get five things you can do. Yes. What's number two? Number two, uh, building off of Alex, I called it the War Museum District. So that includes the World War II Museum. Such a colder move. Uh, move. Alex already said a lot about that, and I mentioned a little bit. But then also the one that I would also pop over to is the much smaller Civil War Museum, uh, which is right next door. 
Uh, it's not as big and fancy as the World War II Museum, but it does have some really cool uh, things you're not going to see anywhere else. Uh, it is where the Confederate president, uh, Jefferson Davis, laid in state there for a long time. He died in New Orleans. Uh, but then it also has Jefferson Davis's daughter was the first queen of the crew of Rex. And it has a lot of memorabilia from the 1850s or whenever it was when she was queen. It has all of her Mardi Gras memorabilia, has her baby cradle, and then maybe the most, the coolest thing in there is a crown of thorns that was created by Pope Pius with a handwritten letter to Jefferson Davis that says, we all have our crosses to bear. And you can go see that. So just random things in New Orleans that in addition to the World War II Museum, I would recommend uh, the Civil War Museum. All right, so now everyone go, go to this recording and back it up. Just rewind it three minutes or a minute and a half and where, where Adam Kohler says, um, some of us like to live history. Um, mm -hmm. And then now come back to here where Adam Kohler is telling you to spend an entire day at museums in New Orleans. Yeah. Not. You can't. You can't have it both ways. I'm saying get out there and kayak. You could even do it in an afternoon. The World War II Museum and the Civil War Museum. Get out there and listen to some live music or eat that delicious. What's your number one? Number one, St. Louis Cemetery. Number one. Uh, it was started in 1789 after New Orleans was redesigned by the fire of 1788 when it was destroyed. Uh, this place is just history all over. It has the first mayor of New Orleans is buried there. You have Homer Plessy of the famous. Mm -hmm. Iconic Supreme Court case. Iconic. Uh, Plessy versus Ferguson. <laughs> Ferguson, that's my favorite word. You have Dutch Morial buried there, who's the first uh, African-American mayor of New Orleans. Marie Laveau, who was the, widely regarded as the queen of voodoo uh, in America. She is rumored, there's like three different graves where they think she could be, uh, but the Glapion family crypt uh, is where most people think she is. And you can go with these red bricks and you put like three X's on her grave and it's supposed to grant you some sort of voodoo good luck. Randomly with Marie Laveau. <laughs> Randomly. On the eve of Alex's wedding uh, is St. John's Eve on Bayou St. John. Uh, June 23rd is a big voodoo uh, celebration that is still celebrated in New Orleans. So if we get a wild hair and go to St. Louis Cemetery number one uh, after your wedding or during your wedding, or the wedding doesn't even happen, just go. Then you'll be able to see some sort of voodoo rituals, uh, which bodes well for Alex. What does that mean? Like wild an actual hair. wild hair? Yeah, what does that mean? Wild hair mean uh, you decide to do something random. That's what, uh, have you ever used that, yeah. do you use that phrase sometimes? Wild hair. And you made it, it sound like we were going to sacrifice a live animal. <laughs> you end up with I've wild never hair. been, so I don't know. <laughs> so tonight at Alex's non-bachelor party, yeah. bachelor party. Just people coming gonna, together. We're going to have a, we're going to have a wild hair. Yeah. All right. Cool. I can't wait. Number one, St. Louis Cemetery, number one. So if somebody comes into New Orleans for the very first time. Yep. The, okay, okay. Um, you know, I read a really interesting article about uh, Plessy vs. Ferguson. I'm trying to remember where I read it. I think it was on uh, www.manhainedrights.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. All right, well, as Matt gives us and puts together the top five aggregate list, Mark, did you have any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, I had a couple. Um, so if you're just coming down here, you have a couple days... I wrote down four or five spots that I've always loved to go to. Oh. Um, Frenchman Street, obviously. I've never had a bad time there. You can run into That was on Alex's list, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The music is you probably sold from your list. You'll probably <laughs> run into somebody famous. It's an excellent choice, uh, Mark. I know. I saw know. Wendell, Pe Wendell Pierce there last time I was here. That was cool. Yeah, cool. Um, 
Just the quarter in general. Jackson Square is yep. beautiful. I know. I said that walking down Royal Street. The yep. Ri- walk, walk over to the river. The view is beautiful. Um, tips, I said that on mine. Tips. Tipitinas. I'm not sure. Is that off Frenchman? No, it's okay. uptown. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Tipitinas <laughs> is always fun. That's good. Uh, you can you can be there till five six in the morning. Listen to music if you want. Um, the courtyard, the piano bar, Pados is always a great time. And then if you have enough time, it's not exactly. It's maybe ten miles away. Beautiful golf course, TPC, Louisiana. That is just a gorgeous place. We should go golfing together sometime. Sure. Um, my favorite part of that. So that was. I thought that was a, a very good list, actually. Especially like, I mean, we spent days putting together our list, and you spent. Like, Thank you very much. Yeah, you spent seconds. Um, and it was. It was really good. I love that. Um, if you drink enough hand grenades, you will have no idea where in the city you are anymore. Like you were at, <laughs> you're at Tipitinas. Tipitinas, that's the yeah, Frenchman. Where was I? I don't know where I was. There's a lot of mid city. I think there's a lot of mid city Frenchman Street that area of town that all looks the same. If you don't know where you're at, it kind of looks. So you, you just named three neighborhoods on the <laughs> three like triangle <laughs> opposite <laughs> ends. That was my point. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't know exactly where you are. It's like, oh, we could yeah, be right. on Franklin Street or um, Blackout Drunk, and I really don't know where I'm at. I'm going to go with the latter. <laughs> all right, Matt, take us home. All right, so uh, what a battle it's been. I think uh, we can all agree that I had the better list, but it would be poor form for me just to pull from my own. So I'm going to, I've, I've aggregated from all of us. Um, I was pretty skeptical on the number five spot of Adam's uh, Audubon Park, uh, but I think he's right that there's a huge variety of activities there, uh, from golfing, to walking, to hanging out at the fly where people are playing frisbee, and uh, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And then, I mean, then uh, Carville just put it over the top. And Carville's always running there. And the hill. There's a Uh, hill. And the the, the second, if you want to see the second tallest peak in New Orleans, you got to go to Audubon. There's a guy by the name of Henry Munoz, who's, I think he's now president of the Smithsonian Institute. He is uh, the financial chair for the DNC. He once called it America's greatest green space. Oh, wow. Well, I don't know if I believe that. In our number five spot, Ottoman. <laughs> uh, number four, um, I was going to do King James and the Special Men, but then Mark uh, comes in with a, with a, a big, uh, a passionate uh, uh, lift for Frenchmen. And so Frenchmen it is. Uh, Very few spot. places in the country that have live music just on every single bar anywhere else. And it's cool because yeah. I love that Like a musician will be playing at this club down the street um, and then we'll kind of leave there and just walk down with the, with Zaxx, which is what we musicians call corn, and uh, bring it down to another club and just start playing guitar, over there. I thought it was guitar, guitar, guitar. And, and the thing about Frenchmen, too, is a lot of cities that do have music close because of the noise ordinances at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Like, I was shocked when I was in Austin on their equivalent, right? Beale Street. Yeah. Or not Beale Street, no, no, no. 6th Street. And it was like, oh, we're closing. It's 145, and everybody goes back, you know, to yeah. their hotels. We're Frenchmen. 4 a.m., you're still going strong. Is Frenchman where, uh, like, all the big acts from, like, Jazz Fest and Blues Fest go to play in, like, the Some, some, some could have No doubt. I'd say they're more like, maybe, like, Tipitinas could be, they, they spread out pretty well, um, so they're all, but, yeah. Cool. Um, What's number three? Uh, number three. Um, <laughs> Terrell, you really, you're not going to be happy about this one. <laughs> I think Bacchanal, God. I think Bacchanal. How did this is, make the list? We both I'm on Alice's side as well. Yeah. This is Three out of four say no. Uh, the overall top five, this is all that? This is the perfect. The, the top 504 really should just be the Matt Haynes show. Is this, this Matt Haynes writes. Episode, right? This is absurd. I'm the only tourist here that should not be on this. I picked one. This is the only one that I picked specifically is on here. Bacchanal is a great spot in the city. You Again, music, food, drink, uh, atmosphere. There's two access points to the Mississippi River right there. 
There's uh, also there's a lot of patchouli and a lot of heat and bugs. There's upstairs. Well, they have uh, during the winter. They have heat things out. Uh, they have um, uh, an upstairs with air conditioning now. So if you don't want the bugs, you don't have to go to the bugs. And then you can also step out onto the balcony and listen. I've to heard enough. Music. Number two. Uh, number two. The, I'm not happy about this one. The World War II Museum. Again, also known as the War Museum District. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. So no, no, no one calls it that. Life, <laughs> World War II Museum, uh, the second best, only only the Louvre is better than uh, than uh, the World War II Museum. Um, so I don't know. World class. Yeah, a world class museum. You're going to learn a lot. Some of it might be about New Orleans. And, and what's number one? Number one is uh, the ultimate New Orleans food experience, Commander's Palace. Yeah, I say it's go the for best. brunch. It's uh, so good. Alex says go for. Uh, My college roommates are coming. They're coming. They're going on Saturday for brunch. We're doing a lunch on Thursday. It, Go whenever. It's great. It's, it's a delicious. great experience. Wear a jacket because you just want to look fly in this place. I, mean, I think it's dressing so up is fun. Is awesome. The thing that, that amazes me about Commanders is that it's not kitschy. It's not tacky. It's not contrived. Like you would think that it would be like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm in Disney World or it's fake. Yeah. But it, they, they pull it off sometime and locals come. It's just, it's a really wonderful experience. Not Definitely check it out. I brought an ex-girlfriend there for her like birthday dinner. You, it's like a every na- <laughs> spot we name, oh, I had an ex-girlfriend there. Gotta. I mean, you just bring checking out eight spots. When you have a lot of ex-girlfriends, you gotta take them to different yeah, places. Yeah, different spots. You don't want them all hanging out with each other. I, I would know. say one tourist tip. Uh, the 25-cent martinis do not go over the three that they limit you to because your fourth one costs $14. Jesus, boss. Yeah. So. Why do you need more than three martinis? I'm just saying, warning. Not everyone's like you that after half a drink is hammered. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. Well, thanks, guys, for listening Top 504. I hope you guys really... At the end of the day, I know there's some squabbling, and, and Matt and Adam in particular were concerned about who gets credit for who, what's on people's lists. I just care about you coming to this city. I love this city. I'm glad Mark's here. I, I just, as many people come down and enjoy it, the better. That's all I care about. Yeah, go to our... Uh, He's such a hack. Yeah, yeah, we definitely... <laughs> maybe you could take a couple of seconds to create your own list next time. <laughs> um, check out our Facebook page. Go there and let us know what you think we missed or what you think you loved. And we're really close to uh, our 100th facebook like and so that means there's a lot of people who are listening to the podcast who aren't with us on facebook we're sharing all sorts of pictures now every single day of the places we go the ice cream pictures that we had holy cow we had a lot of love there on the facebook page a lot of uh, love everyone said it was disgusting a couple <laughs> people said that the pictures were a little bit i mean cheesy pucks on, on ice cream uh but if you become if you like the page and you're the 100th like uh, then you get the Dan McGrath treatment, and you get to come with us on our next research trip. Ooh. Um, so, so big time. Start, they start liking liking the page. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Stay tops. Five hundred four. Peace.